heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Monday morning. The 15th of August. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. If you've missed any of our shows, you can always go to Wooshka. That's the place to find it, wooshka.com, and get in contact uh, with us straight away. If you need to get in contact with me, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. The Dolphins are doing huge things in central Queensland. They're regionally touring at the moment, and we'll catch up with the head of game development, Shane Morris, very shortly. We're going to talk with Mike Gearin this morning. Um, the CEO of AgForce. We'll also catch up with Trent Dawn and much, much more. It's a big show for you. It's rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's get into it. Mike Gearin, the CEO of AgForce, he joins us first up. This is rural Queensland today. Let's start the show this morning on rural Queensland today with the CEO of AgForce, Mike Gearin. Uh, and obviously they had a heavy presence at the ECA, which concluded yesterday. Mike, good morning. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. It was, um, and, and I was lucky enough to see yourself there, manning the stand. It was very much uh, back to business. A lot of people walking through, a lot of traffic, and obviously AgForce had a huge presence there. How, from your perspective, was it received, and and, and how did you take the Ecker for the first one back after a two-year uh, hiatus? Yeah, Dob, it was great to be back after not having run Ecker since two thousand nineteen. Queensland has a unique position with ECA. We're the only state in the country that still has that big agricultural event right in the heart of the city. And that's really important because it allows um, people from Brisbane who don't normally connect with agriculture to come along and understand where their food and fibre comes from. And Dobbo, you and I know this. The reason that is so vitally important is we see food shortages around the world. We see debates about farming and it's linked to environmental outcomes, the climate all of those debates going on, it gives us the chance to stand in front of those who enjoy that food and fibre and explain what we do as an industry, the way we care for the environment, the way we care for the landscapes, and the way Australians can go into supermarkets 365 days of the year, every year, and get fresh, locally grown produce that they can be confident and comfortable with. So the chance to stand there, talk to young kids, talk to city folk, tell them where a fleece of wool comes from, how it goes into their clothing, how grains get into their bread they have for breakfast, etc., is a great privilege and a great opportunity and there's an enormous amount of energy there this year, Dobbo. So great event. Uh, real credit to those that organised it. Yeah, well said. Um, and, and and that's the big thing. Mate, um, talk to me, um, obviously, that stand. What was, what was the feedback? People wanting to know, are we getting the message across to the city people? Dobbo, we need to do far more of it. It's a real instant um, to stand at the stand and to talk to young people who have a real interest when you put a fleece of wool in front of them or when you put some grains in front of them and they ask questions and they're curious and they want to know. The tragedy we have these days is more and more young kids don't have that experience. Our education curriculum is going away from agriculture. It is not providing those opportunities that we've had in the past. Indeed, a lot of people that live in the city don't have that experience on farm, don't have an uncle or an auntie that they go out and visit on the weekends, perhaps like we used to. So you see some people who are really, really interested, some young children who are really keen to learn, who ask questions, 
want to take a sticker away, you see them talking to mum and dad as they walk away. It's a it's something we need to do a lot more of, Dobbo. For those that came, they clearly had an interest. That's why they came along. The conversations were great. The question we have in industry is how we can accelerate that, how we can get in front of more people and tell a story that we can be enormously proud of and one that allows Australia to have a privilege that a lot of the world doesn't have, which is that clean, green, locally grown produce on the shelves every day of the week. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, isn't it? To try and uh, make sure that, you know, we have a real, I suppose, story for them to understand. It doesn't need to be over the top. It needs to be simplified and so, and we need to be able to get a clear message to them. It, it, it is really, um, it, it's really heartening that we had these kind of events, but we can't wait just 12 months to the next decade. It, it, it needs to happen. Now, we've seen the government pull funding and put funding. It, it, I can't understand why they just wouldn't allow AgForce to be able to share that message to the schools, to get the bus back on the road. Uh, that's the big thing, isn't it? And I know you guys are fighting with this constantly, but for me it just seems like it, it, it's just a constant battle. It, it feels like a constant battle, Dobbo, but it's a really, really important one to continue to have. We at AgForce get in front of around 10,000 young school children a year and give them an experience of agriculture, and it's a really strong experience and a good uh, one to have. But we need to get in front of all children and all Queenslanders and tell them the story of agriculture. As the world talks more about climate and environment, do they know that agriculture can and does contribute powerfully to it, such a contributor to it, not that doesn't take away from it? So when you can grow this quality food that allows us to have good health in Australia and you know that as well as growing that food, farmers and producers are looking after the environment, caring for the climate, reducing emissions, it's a great news story. Uh, But it's one that they don't understand fully and until you get in front of them, they don't appreciate it. But we have this enormous privilege across these vast landscapes of Queensland and indeed Australia, something a lot of the world doesn't have. And there's that coexistence of environment, climate, and good food production. I'm going to talk with Trent Thorne um, from Hamilton Lock very shortly, um, just in relation to that decision from the High Court around animal activists last week. But we have a real danger with animal activists in this state because of our legislation. We do, Dobbo, and the two issues are very closely aligned. We need to get our story in front of all Queenslanders explain to them that the animal activists are plain wrong. What they're saying is wrong. We do not abuse animals the way they talk about. We manage and look after animals in their natural environment and we farm them for food, but we farm them in a way that they have healthy, happy lives. Uh, And so what they say is just plain wrong. And then when you have the legislative settings that don't support people, that are law-abiding citizens and running small businesses. It's something that needs fixing and fixing fast. It's a conversation we must continue to have. I applaud Trent and others taking it up, and we ask this government to address those legislative settings, to recognise those law-abiding citizens who care about animals and care about their landscapes to allow them to get on with the business of farming. Yeah, it's a, it's a really um, valid point, uh, and, and we need to. FMD... And look, there's obviously, it's gone, not back, but it, it, we seem to have 
the hysteria now taken away from it and the facts are being revealed. Still very much a threat, but we understand how to manage it at the moment and people aren't over the top at this present time. Yep, very much a threat, Dobbo. Something we need to stick with, but you're right. The experts tell us that our response needs to be multi-layered. Lots and lots of things to do. Strengthen our biosecurity plans on farm. Strengthen our borders. Think about all the things we need to be doing more of. Invest in those biosecurity officers. Invest in education. Remain vigilant, etc., etc. It is good to see that some of the hysteria is gone, but it's also good to see that government and industry continue to work strongly together to recognise this threat is not going away. It's on our northern doorsteps, and we need to continue to work together collaboratively and strongly to hold it out, whether it be FND or lumpy skin disease. Uh, it's really, really important that we continue to bolster those biosecurity strengths, our border controls, etc., and do everything we can to hold it out. It would be devastating if it got here. Yeah, very well said, and I really appreciate your time. Phenomenal job. Uh, some good news on the reef. Um, we, we will see some reports come through shortly that hysteria from the Labor government was unfounded and that the reef is in better shape than it's ever been. It is great news, Dobbo. It's great news for everybody, all Queenslanders and Australians, and indeed everyone around the world, given the, the status of the reef, can be really happy with what's coming out and proud of the part Australians play in looking after the reef. But even more importantly, Dobbo, the great news coming out recently that the 2022 consensus statement has been delayed by at least a year, and that is on the back of the work of AgForce in lobbying with government so that we can think about ensuring that all science, all valid science is brought to bear as we build that new consensus statement and therefore we can continue to build policy settings around that new consensus statement with confidence. And we all remember what happened with the 2017 consensus statement. It was biased, it has resulted in bad policy settings and has hurt communities and hurt industry. So to have the scientific community and the government sitting with industry, delaying the 22 consensus statement for at least a year to recognise the need to bring new science in, balanced views in, uh, and all valid points of view to the table to get that consensus. Very important for the next five years of managing the reef, of putting those settings in place. But you're right, Bobo, some great news in the meantime, uh, and long may it last. Yeah, well said. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much for being with us. CEO of AgForce, Mike Gearin, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Bobo. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Monday morning, the 15th of August. Look, rugby league is an integral part uh, of all of the fabric of rural and regional Queensland. Big shout out firstly also to the Barcaldon Sangoannis for winning the Central West Grand Final on the weekend against Blackhall. Uh, I just love that story and for a, t- a town like Barcaldon, they needed that They needed that win. Rugby league is the fabric um, of what we built a lot of uh, the community's off, and the Dolphins have been doing wonderful things throughout central Queensland. Uh, we know full well that they are the 17th side in next year, and they begin uh, come November 1, their season starts, and a lot of the, the the chat is about Wayne Bennett and what he does, and, and he's obviously big beliefs in trying to make this club right, but it's been built from the ground up. We know Redcliffe as a club in the Intrust Super Cup, were unbelievable. And their history is unfounded. Last Friday night, they had a huge ball. There's been a lot of 
talk about it and we know how well and how ingrained it is. But the Dolphins have gone regionally. They have really worked hard to cement their catchment, which is central Queensland and throughout Queensland. Head of game development is Shane Morris at the Dolphins and he joins us this morning. Shane, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Ben. Thanks, mate. Our pleasure. Uh, This is – and and, and everybody always hears and sees what goes on and plays in the NRL, but – it, it, it's been, I know Terry well, I know Wayne, I know what Kurt's doing. I, I understand where the Dolphins are at. And and you, the big message is for everybody is that, yes, you're an NRL franchise. Yes, you're the 17th team, but it's your grassroots where you guys are mainly, mostly committed to. And the proof is in the pudding. You only need to go to Bundaberg and, and hear hear them talk about how wonderful it was to have you guys on the grass helping the junior coaches. Um, I was up there for a sportsman's event and, and they couldn't speak highly enough. And central Queensland, a Rockhampton and through there, it is something that the Dolphins are priding themselves on. When you start an NRL franchise, you need to have community and you guys are investing heavily in that. Yes, yeah, the engagement. I like of um, families from our, our bush too, so I understand the value. And I was lucky enough. Um, have a couple of games out at Dysart and even Emerald last year in the in the Interest Super Cup and seeing the need for rugby league development in these regions. You know, people come in and do a tick and flick, but we really ought to have, have engagement. We want to how, empower the coaches. Yep. Just um, just to show that we care, mate. You know, give them other resources. Just not come in, say, good day, see you later, but really have a presence. So that's where we're fa- focusing on, just having relationships with the people on the ground to help them to be, be better, but also, you know, empower the game as well. If the game's better, in places like Central West and Central Highlands, all the way through down to all through Central Queensland, the game's going to be better throughout. So that's that's our theory about creating relationships and, and being being present and, and engaging people in the game that we all love. Yeah, it, it is so important. This message Friday, uh, the twelfth of August, last Friday, you guys were at Billawilla at St Joseph's Primary, um, and then on the weekend. You're at the mighty uh, Springshaw Junior Rugby League Games and Emerald Junior Rugby League Games. And then you held a – at Emerald Junior Rugby League, you held a clinic for the Central Highlands and Junior Rugby League yesterday in Emerald at Allen McIndoe Field. Now, today, there's a gala day, the Central Highlands Secondary Schools Gala Day. Tomorrow, more gala days. Then you're at Blackwater and then you go to St Brendan's at Yapoon and then – on Wednesday, the Chamber of Commerce Breakfast Dolphins Cup final is on. Wayne Bennett and Terry Reader will both be present at that. And obviously, you've got Brendan's taking on um, Emmanuel College and obviously Brendan's taking on Cathedral College. Can you talk just – you must get a, a terribly um, sense of fulfilment the, the way you guys are going about this. But on the grass there yesterday at that clinic in Emerald and then today watching the, um, the secondary schools gala day – how much does that show you that rugby league is alive and well? And we know it, the next Ben Hunt, the next Cameron Munster, they're all there. They're running around in front of you. Ethan Bullymore was playing last night for Manly. He's from Springshaw. There is just – there's an abundance of talent there and you guys are seeing it firsthand. Oh, 100%. Like you go back to Billow on Friday, you know, we're at St. Joseph's Catholic School and Billow State School. You know, in that in those sessions, we had, had over 200 kids, you know, just in year six alone engaged in rugby league then at the junior rugby league had another 50 odd kids just doing sessions in schools the core essential schools about grip catch and pass and had a session with uh, Bill Wheeler under 19s before they played the semi-final on Saturday just just being engaging and, and showing some different things in different schools that you know they may not you know understand or they might have been shown so just 
delivering a bit of knowledge and seeing the kids at Springshaw yesterday and not just seeing them, you know, we'll run on water, helping the coaches being active in those in those sessions and like up at Emerald with I think it was Emerald Tigers and Emerald yep. Emerald Brothers um, and um, Claremont Middlemount um, on on Saturday actually seeing the kids and getting a couple of messages, you know, back from kids. I said, hey, if you want a hand or a help, let us know. Here's my number. We're, we're too happy to come out, you know, and assist where we can and getting some messages from some coaches and say it's really good. You know, the kids engage and they're talking about it. And, you know, they they want to want to keep practicing the things that we taught them. So that's just fulfillment within itself. And, and that's just that engagement that, you know, hasn't happened out here for a long time. Can I ask, yeah, it, it, and it hasn't, the, Kings are the major sponsors of the Dolphins and they're obviously backing this Kings, uh, this regional tour for the Dolphins. But, Shane, a lot of people look at look at Brisbane and they look at North Queensland and and obviously the Titans and, and then this new franchise, the Dolphins, that's coming in. And it, it just gives you a sense of confidence with Wayne obviously heavily involved, but the work that you guys are doing in game development, that's where it starts, isn't it? And And it might not relate to a premiership in its first year at the Dolphins. I don't think anybody expects that. But if you lay the foundations in what you guys are doing from a game development um, perspective in the Central Highlands and in through CQ, it will eventually work. You, you, you want to get homegrown talent playing for the Dolphins. 100% it has worked. You know, go back with Wayne, I think, you know, 2015 when the Bronx won that premiership. I think out of the starting 17, I think 15 were Broncos developed juniors that come through their system. Yeah. So it does work. You know, it's making sure that, you you know, you have these systems in place, but all have engagement, but also, you know, listening to the people on the ground too. Like yesterday after the clinic, I got all the Central Highlands Junior Rugby League, you know, committee members in. We had a bit of a chat about what's happening behind the scenes at the Dolphins, but also how we can help their club go forward in their coach education, but also being engaged with them. So it's about not just being on the ground and with the kids, but it's also about the volunteers that drive, you know, 150, 200 kilometres each way to games for training in those areas. If we can help those people with with them, you know, that's where that's where we need to focus on as well. It's not about the kids. It's about the people that, that administer the game, that yeah. drive the game, that make the games happen week in, week out in these in these rural areas. I just love the fact that the Dolphins are doing this. They are investing in the regions. Um, and look, to Brisbane's credit, they've done it as well. Um, since they're, they're, when they started in 88. Um, I just love the fact that the Dolphins are committed to this. Central Queensland is a huge nursery and one that I know has been identified. And obviously they, you guys have a partnership also um, with obviously up there with with the Rockhampton Intra, well, Host Plus side now as well. So that's important as well. Thanks so much for being with us. Obviously it culminates today. Obviously you've got the gala day um, on and the Central Highlands Gala Day and then tomorrow primary school gala days Blackwater Junior Rugby League and then Rockhampton on Wednesday the Chamber of Commerce Breakfast Dolphin Cup Finals in the afternoon as well. Uh, it's a big couple of days and obviously Terry and Wayne will be up in Rockhampton later in the week which is huge to, to attend that Chamber of Commerce Breakfast. Uh, King's major sponsors of the Dolphins in 2022 and 23 uh, are being obviously part of this which they just do a phenomenal job as well. So thank you, Shane. Thanks so much for being with us and great stories that the Dolphins are alive and well and they're really embedded in CQ. Certainly are. Thanks, Ben. Good Our pleasure, you. mate. Good on you. Rural, you rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. I have to talk about a few things that have gone on over the weekend and it would be a miss to me if I didn't. I just want to firstly 
talk about the Mount Isa Radio. Obviously, it culminated on the weekend, but there was a great story uh, with Fred Osman uh, marrying his sweetheart, Kyla Dolan, at Buchanan Park on Sunday. Now, the cowboy married his now wife just ahead of the finals of the 2022 Mount Isa Radio. What a romance. What a place to get married. Buchanan Park in, fr- in front of thousands of people. Uh, the twice Australian bareback bronc riding uh, champion and three-time current Mount Isa champion, the legendary Fred Osmond, 36, from Cameron's Corner in far west Queensland, just married his fiancée. I love this. They married at 12 o'clock in front of a capacity crowd before Fred rode in the final and retained his open bareback title and buckle. You know, it, these are the stories. 12 years ago, she comes over here as a Jillaroo and she ends up marrying a man and falls in love with Fred. What a great story and well done to Nat Flecker and the crew there for allowing this to happen, which I say is just a, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal story. We might try and get a contact with Fred uh, in the next couple of days um, and actually try and see exactly what has gone on. Now, Birds will nut bush bash world record to be challenged by the Monday Monday Bash. Now, New South Wales, they lost the Rugby League series. Uh, now they're trying to take another uh, big world record off Queensland. Now, the world record set in Queensland a month ago was um, the Nutbush City Limits. Now, that was set last year at the Big Red Bash and again this year. And New South Wales has its eye on it to try and roll it. So an event starting this week from the 18th to the 20th the iconic Monday Monday Plains, where festival headliners Midnight Oil filmed their legendary Beds of Burning video, they have space to try and beat the 4,084 boot scooters that kicked up the dust to the 1973 Tina Turner smash hit at the Big Red Bash. Now, I can't believe New South Wales are doing this. Why would they want to do this? Why would they want to try and take this record off Queensland? I don't think they'll do it, but they're going to give it a real good go. The Echo wound up yesterday, a success as usual. Um, Lots to look at as well and toast and obviously talk about there. Um, But the disconnection between city and country is still very wide. We might be getting somewhere with it, but to me, there's still a long way to go. A long way to go and one that I think that moving forward, we need to really look at and make sure that everybody understands it. And everybody um, needs to play their part in it. Can I just talk about the two young rowers, Dingo Rowing Juniors, the Cypher Sisters taking the rowing world by storm? Now, when you're from central Queensland town of Dingo, there's not a lot of rowing would go on there. But the great thing is that Rockhampton Grammar School have had the most amazing rowing program for some time. Well, that's transcended to Grace and Laura Cyper attending boarding school at Rockhampton Grammar. And they took the water and none of them have looked back. Both of them now, both of them are in Sydney, training out of Sydney Rowing Club and the sisters have made some major moves in the sport. Grace recently returning from the world's under-23 world championships in Italy and Laura coming home from Henley, a champion at the Royal Regatta in England. After a stacked heat, Grace battled the nerves to get through to the repercharge and semi-final rounds, progressed to the A-final in the lightweight single skull where she plays sixth. Grace said she's thrilled with her debut performance in the international competition. She had a poster on a wall since she made the Australian team and her goal was to get to the A final and try and do a time of 7.44. 
and that came into her mind as uh, with 250 metres to go. She smashed her goal, 7.40. The race was the highlight of a season and it's just unbelievable, but both sisters. So uh, there. Laura made a name for herself as well, winning the junior women's double category at the Henley Royal Regatta last month. So both girls finishing school down in Sydney from Dingo and just unbelievable. Studying at university and rowing full-time. We talk about rugby league a lot. We just talked earlier with Shane Morris, but that rowing program out of Rockhampton Grammar is superior. They are producing champions year in, year out, based out of Rockhampton. And I think it's phenomenal that people don't have to send their kids to Brisbane for them to get the opportunity. School steer shows, Nudgee College need to be backed. They are back at the Echo and after the work that they've done, they have absolutely given kids a great experience. Their show team is second to none at Nudgee, and I know that my son at Ipswich Grammar has been building their ag show team as well, but this is one of the great things as well that's going on at these schools where they are absolutely teaching kids who probably wouldn't have had access to agriculture to be part of their ag program and their show team. Very, very important that this continues. We heard from Mike Gearan earlier. They need to continue these kind of things. Can I also just give a shout-out to the Bar Calden Sangoanas as well? What a great story, uh, just a great story for them. To win a competition, um, it was a sellout at Blackhall on Saturday night, and I think full well just how wonderful that has ended up. Lots going on. You can get in contact with me anytime you like. Uh, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. We can't try to share your stories every time you like. So get in contact with us anytime. This is Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. Not far away, we're going to catch up with Trent Thorne as he battles through what has been a very, very difficult time uh, with some of the laws. But we have seen some light at the end of the tunnel off the back of a high court ruling last week. Trent Thorne joins us next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Uh, Trent Thorne, agribusiness lawyer and one of uh, the partners at Hamilton Lock, joins us uh, this morning. Um, obviously, so much going on. The ECA over, but there has been some real movement from a legal perspective about uh, in relation to some of the absolute garbage that has gone on um, through uh, animal rights groups. Trent, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Good day, Dobbo. Um, the High Court of Australia has provided some overdue guidance in relation to whether animal rights activists are entitled to use hidden cameras to expose uh, cruelty on farms and other facilities. This is pretty significant. Yeah, look, it is, Dobbo, and, and I suppose the ironic thing here, this didn't arise out of any particular incident. You know, you you alluded to, and we, most of your listeners would be aware of sort of the these campaigns that have been relentlessly waged against honest farming families over the last decade or more. They've seemed to have ramped up considerably over the last few years. But this this group called Farm Transparency, which you know sort of makes yeah. you smirk a bit, they themselves launched the case because they felt as though their freedom of political communication was being impinged upon by these New South Wales laws, so they were the ones who kicked this whole thing off. It wasn't in relation to any particular uh, farm uh, trespass or campaign that they'd run. They could see that their their funding sources were going to dry up because they couldn't, you know, disseminate these 
ridiculous images they do every couple of months. So they were the ones who kicked it off, and they're the ones who've um, who have walked out with their tail between their legs because the High Court said you can't do this in New South Wales. Well, this Chris Delaforce, um, he's the director, and he, he's very high profile. He's an animal rights activist. And if we all remember when he was one of the directors of the so-called Aussie Farms, the group that released all this absolute hysteria and, and garbage and, and and they were hijacking it and obviously they were a charity organisation, they had their charity stripped. And then obviously we've gone into this Farm Transparency International. Now, Trent, from your from your view, what are they? What is the reasoning behind it? I mean, it's such a minority group. There is no cruelty. They are passionate, but they ha- have a complete disregard for all laws, and they have. And the concern is that they took this to the high court, and the high court abandoned it and thrown it to where it belongs in New South Wales. But where does it sit for Queensland? Well. You know, I'm loath to give them sort of any sort of uh, direction as to uh, where things sit, but it's a good question because I think we are completely exposed here in Queensland still. You know, the law, the relevant act in Queensland, the Listening Devices Act, only refers to listening devices. It doesn't refer to video recording devices. So if they were to specifically bring a case um, relating to the Queensland laws, at the moment, there's a big, you know, there's a gap there. You can drive a truck through. There's nothing to say. There's nothing about video recording devices in the current Queensland Act. And, you know, and frankly, this just shouldn't be about, you know, farm invasions. It's just about people sitting at home not having, you know, their, uh, you know, their goings on recorded. A hundred percent. We saw it with um, yeah. some of the feedlots. They're just out of Toowoomba at Lemon Tree and a few of these places, dairy farms. We've seen... We've seen places just north of north of Brisbane being invaded, and, and I mean, that's because they can only get so far. Now these people were charged for trespassing, but you should not in any way be able to record at any point, at any point, anybody else's business. Now, thank God the High Court of Australia has thrown um, F- Farm Transparency International out in New South Wales, but the concern now is if we don't get ourselves sorted out in Queensland, we could be in the same position because our farms are exactly the same. There's, there's no difference to what's been going on in New South Wales than what goes on here in Queensland, and that's the real worry. Look, look it is, and I've seen a couple of comments because this, this case only happened or was handed down last Wednesday. I've, I've seen Chris Delforth has been, you know, asked a few questions in the media following the decision. Obviously, it was a, a bitter blow for them. But effectively, he's sort of said, you know, this doesn't really change things from their point of view. They are still, these are zealots in the true sense of the word. They, they view the world through a very narrow prison. They see a, alleged evils everywhere. And from their point of view, what they're doing is, you know, it's, it's their God-given right to continue to trespass and they will continue to do these things even though, um, you know, the High Court has just handed down this decision because, you know, their their viewpoint is so warped in this regard. Um, and so unfortunately, uh, you know, farmers and, and honest, hard-working people on the land can't relax. You know, they're just going to keep what's beyond. They've got to keep doing what they've always been doing because the vast majority, 99% of them, don't do anything wrong. And most of them would be happy, if you are, to come on 
open up the curtain and say, look behind. There's nothing going on here that we're not, you know, incredibly proud of. So that's just the sad thing out of all this is even though we've got this decision that's been handed down, you're dealing with people who treat the Australian laws with contempt. Can I ask from an agribusiness lawyer's perspective, what what rights do we have? If somebody if, – if we've got people like Chris Delapos who are saying, well, we're not interested in – in what the High Court have said, we know full well and we do know full well that the police, unfortunately, they can book them, but then it, they charge them, they go to court, they're not going to do jail time. It just doesn't happen. We've seen it. So what rights do we have and, and how do we how do we protect our, our land, how do we protect our properties without getting ourselves into trouble? Well, look, you've, you've – you've- Sort of now, one of the points there is unfortunately these guys that they've seen over a period of time that if they do go to court, they're not going to be they're going to be treated like first time offenders. Unfortunately, some of them, even though they've been there a couple of times, they continue to be treated like first time offenders. And and a lot of these statutes give the opportunity for people to go to jail, but it's very rare that people are actually going to jail. So the first thing is I would be saying is that you know those things need to start being enforced. So one or two of them go, gee whiz, is it actually worth me doing this if I'm going to spend, you know, a considerable period of time in jail, you know, which meant then might ruin employment prospects. So the other thing is, unfortunately, the only way I can see any resolution of this is through the court, you know, and, and, and not the criminal part is, you know, suing some of these people for, you know, injurious falsehood, defamation, things of that type, and actually sue them for considerable amounts of money. You know, because that's the only thing they understand. And, you know, I look at this particular case here. This would have cost them because they lost. And it wasn't just the New South Wales government was involved. There was four other states and, and the Commonwealth who were involved. So many hundreds of thousands of dollars this would have cost farm transparency. And, I, you know, the first question I ask is, well, who the hell is funding these guys? But it's, it's made up of, you know, well-intentioned people who keep who give them $5 and it all adds up. But they need to get their funding just completely sucked out of them. That's the only way they can undertake these activities is because the general public keeps throwing them money. You know, if they had no money, they wouldn't be able to do these things. They wouldn't be able to pay the fines, et cetera. So we've just got to keep standing up to them. We've got to keep, you know, pushing our chest back into them because the reality is anything else means that they're just going to, they're just going to continue washing over us and you, you can basically expect almost a camera in your bloody bathroom. Yeah, you're dead right. This is a worrying time, um, but uh, the fact is that there's been something happening in New South Wales. I implore the Queensland government to follow suit and try and get some change of legislation and laws around it. Really appreciate your time, Trent. Um, So thanks so much for being with us. Um, As usual, outstanding. From Hamilton and Locke, a leading law firm in Brisbane and around the world, Trent Thorne, agribusiness lawyer, appreciate your time. Thanks, Dobbo. Good on you. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. It is Monday morning, the 15th of August. Well, that's it this morning from us here at Rural Queensland today. Ray Hadley will join you next. Have a great day, Queensland. We're back tomorrow morning from 9am. And remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We will see you tomorrow. Enjoy your day, Queensland. And from all the team here at Rural Queensland today, it's bye for now.